Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Tottenham Hotspur. Now, here are your hosts. Hello everybody and welcome to the new episode of the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, joining me once again to discuss everything in the mad world of Tottenham Hotspur. It's my partner in crime, it's Stefan. It is me, I'm here. Hello everyone. <laughs> it is me, I am here. Bask in my awesomeness. <laughs> I thought I'd be a big myself up a bit. Yeah, no, no. Do you feel I need to give you a bigger intro? Because you're like the star. Is, is that what it is? No, 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 no. no. I don't like to take the limelight off of, uh, of anyone. You know me. Interesting. I'm just quietly <laughs> in the background, me. You know. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny that... Um, this week in the Spurs News group chat, which you have now been added to officially. How does that feel? Yeah, it's only taken like four years. Good, good. I mean, I mean, other people would take a hint, but you st- you stuck in there, my friend. <laughs> I did. Yeah, four years of waiting, finally got the invite. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd already had an argument with Polynesian Dan, so yeah, all good. Well, that's because he's yeah. stupid. No, no. <laughs> that's actually in my notes, um, Polynesian Dan, because I know he listens, so we will give him some stick. Um, but yeah, uh, hello and welcome to this week's episode. I uh, hope you're all well. Um, it's been a weird week without Ange Ball, uh, the kind of a winter break, if you like, for for Premier League teams. Um, did you watch many of the games this weekend? Because I, I caught a couple of them. Um, I, I was missing Angeball so much, I just put on any randomness. See, normally I would, but I had my uh, my little sister's birthday, so I had to travel four hours to go uh, see her. How, so I missed... how, how old is your little sister? Uh, 24. Ah, hello there. No. <laughs> it's nice and easy. She was born in 2000, so whatever year it is, I can normally be like, oh, 2024. Oh, born, she's 24. In, born in 2000 just hurt me. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Born in the year 2000 and is 24 years old. There's, I'm hoping there's more people listening to this who are going, ow, ow, no. I was, what scares me is uh, next year, it was quarter of a century ago. Yeah. Do you know? Do you know? It's funny. I think I might have mentioned this on a podcast before, but everyone has their freak out ages, like turning forty or turning thirty. Mine was yep. twenty five. Like I literally in my head, that's a quarter of a century. Like yeah, even if by some miracle I live to a hundred, that's a quarter of my life. I, I really and everyone just thought it was funny. Like ah, look at Sam Free. I was. I was no. I was in a bad way. <laughs> I was oh, no. like completely freaked out for like a whole week, and then eventually people were like. Oh, oh! You really this? This is really bothered you? I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, no, mine was thirty. Yeah. Uh, oh, did did you have a freak out for thirty? I remember yeah, you turning thirty. Like... You seemed okay. No, no, I freaked out at thirty. Oh that was, uh, no! What? That was a freak out. What? Yeah. What was it? Was it just? Oh my god! This is like life going by, or was it like? I should be a millionaire by now. <laughs> yeah, kind of. I should be halfway to retirement. Yeah, and yeah. Everything else, you know. I'm now 33. I've been married almost three years. So it was just before we got married. I mean, that's enough to freak I anyone out, to be fair. Out. Getting married. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that'd do it. Yeah, getting married and stuff like that. Well, I, it was the fact I wasn't married. That's what I freaked out about. Oh, interesting. I'm 30. I'm not married. My life. What am I doing? Oh, yeah. bless you. You're like a little girl. And now, <laughs> and now I watch Tottenham players and they're like 24 years old, multi-millionaires <clears> with two kids and a marriage. And I'm like, how the heck did I go wrong? Well, yeah. possibly not being as gifted as a Tottenham player. However, just for comedy yeah. value, we did learn something this week which was highly amusing. Now, 
this name might not mean a lot to a lot of people, but when we first started this podcast, one of the things that I used to like to talk about was the academy and stuff like that. And I talk about some of the players yep. who were there. And one of the players was a striker called Rio Griffiths. Now, Rio, when you're at under 18 level, it can be a bit strange at times because we all know kids develop differently at different ages. So yep. you can get an 18-year-old who looks 15 and you can get an 18-year-old that looks 30. <laughs> Anyone who's into oh, yeah. darts can see a 16-year-old right now who looks 40. <laughs> but yep. but so everyone, you know, everyone's different. And of course, when you're f- physical sport and stuff, the difference between a 16-year-old and an 18-year-old can be quite, you know, metronomic, oh, yeah. you know. And Rio Griffiths basically at like 17 looked like he was 25 fully developed this physically strong tall imposing and unsurprisingly he barreled in the girls <laughs> under 18 level like yeah. i think he smashed like 30 in his season it was ridiculous like every game it was like hat trick he was like double the muscle of he literally he literally league. was yeah. if anyone wants to go back and look at the team photo then it's like oh look at that group of youngsters with their dad <laughs> it's like literally yeah. he was that sort of physically imposing for that age group uh, he made a few appearances at the under 21s and did okay Tottenham tried to sign him to a to a contract because you know you score thirty odd goals in the under eighteens. We're going to want to keep you around. There's a chance you might be all right. He yeah. rejected us and went on a free transfer to Lyon in France. Pissed a lot of people off in the academy, and I kind of made a note at that point. I thought, right, okay, this kid is pretty brave because to, yeah. to walk away from where you are at a club like this, where they're willing to sign you on the professional terms. And go off to France. He is looking to play first. Team. He he thinks he has a pathway because it was around this yep. time we'd seen uh, Jaden Sancho go to Germany, and a lot right, of people yep. were like blown away by that. And and it was kind of like, well, no, look, he's now playing first team football at seventeen years old. Maybe maybe more academy players are going to do this. Yeah, we discovered this week that he is now playing. Uh, could you remember this? Because I, because I, I can't find the message to find out who it he's playing. It was Criti- Critics FC or something, wasn't it? And and what was the name of the league he's playing in? Uh, the Essex, uh, oh, the Essex. Um, one second, one second. See, see, now this is bad because the next thing I used to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so basically, apologies, everyone. This, this kind of fell flat. This guy who was highly rated, everyone thought, oh, and he left us to go to is playing in the same league as Stefan used to play in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this this guy that, you know, he was going to go and yeah. set the world on fire. Yeah. He plays for Critics FC in the Essex Corinthian League. There you go. Yeah, I am. Um, yeah, I used to play for a team in the Essex. I've played for a couple of teams in the Essex Corinthian League <laughs> back when I was younger. Um, so I'm officially as good a football player. Oh, there we go, and that's a Tottenham yeah. Academy player. And, and so basically, now at 33, Tottenham should line you up a trial. This is what we're saying. That 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 was the long-winded way of getting there. I'm happy to sit on the bench. Yeah, and cameos. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's kind of funny because it kind of highlights again just how difficult it is with young players to kind of. Like you look at our uh, our recruitment model for the first team now, so data driven, and it needs to be, and it and it is is yeah. going in the right direction. You can't do that necessarily with academy kids because when you've There's got no data, when you've got a kid who scores like thirty to forty goals at under eighteen level, 
what should happen then is you should go why <laughs> is yeah you know is yeah. he developed ahead of everyone if he continues that into the under 21s where everyone's more physically able and you've even got first team players playing in that league to regain fitness then then at that point you go okay <laughs> all right yeah, hello yeah, yeah all right okay there's there's something there so so there's a lot more to it and you can watch academy players play at academy level even go out on loan and watch them and you can form this opinion of how good or how great they're going to be but it is there is an element of guesswork because the one thing we as fans can't see which the coaches do is the work ethic the attitude um, you, you know, see what they do in training. Yeah, and, and that's the kind of X factor which takes someone to a different level. The best example I can give of this is I've watched the Academy stuff for a long time. And I will say, and I've said it before and I hold my hand up, when I watched Harry Kane in the Academy and I watched him play in the under-18s, under-21s or under-23s as it was then, um, yep. there was no, there, you know, oh, good finisher, you know, big guy, but he he was to me what Lee Barnard was in the academy, and if anyone who doesn't know who he is, he had a very good career. South, at South End. United legend. Yeah. So that was my where old local team. That was kind <laughs> of my head was you know and he had a loan at Millwall, Norwich, and stuff, and I kind of thinking yeah that's that's where he's going to end up. There was no inclination or no sign from me that that was going to be any different. He wasn't yep. scoring you know, for fun at that level. He wasn't scoring for fun when he was on these loans. There was nothing... He, went out, he was part of that Leicester team that did the um, the Watford game, that yeah. crazy yeah. playoff Same, final. Yeah. He was part of it. He didn't score, no. but he was part of that game. So I I looked at I looked at that, and, and this is... It kind of taught me a bit of a lesson with this, because this is where I learned that you don't know the X factor, because the coaches were seeing it. The coaches were seeing him work day in, day out, they yep. were seeing everyone leave the practice pitch and he was there doing shooting drills, sprints, doing penalties. You know, he was the one that they all kept looking at going, okay, he, he's, you know, he's putting in the effort. And they were seeing it make, you know, make a difference. He was becoming more clinical when he was finishing. He was becoming physically stronger and fitter. You know, you could see mm-hmm. his physique changing the, the harder he was working. And then eventually, of course, he got that opportunity in the Europa League and, you know, the, the rest is history. Everyone knows that he, he then did vanished, all right, didn't well, he? he vanished from my my psyche at some point recently. I don't know. Yeah, I think he retired. Good on him. Um, he broke Hughes's record and just retired. <laughs> I, I heard he moved to Germany just to relax and live out the rest of his days. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that occasionally cameos for England. Apparently. Apparently, okay. Well, I, I wouldn't know. I, I've gone off international football again, but that's a whole other story. But, yeah. but my point is going back to that. And, and the other thing I'll always say about Harry Kane, and this brings me to one of the topics I want to bring up with you, is I still stand by the statement that Harry Kane was both the best and the worst thing that ever happened at Tottenham's Academy. Because yeah. he showed every single player in that Academy... And since that you can arrive there in any physical condition, any any sort of level, and if you put the work in, you can genuinely become world class. And he yep. showed that, and it, you know, th- it is a massive impact on the academy players to see that, I to mean, know. What that. more motivation do you need? You to go on and be, yeah, you he gone on to become England captain, England's all time greatest goal scorer, Tottenham's all time greatest goal scorer. He and he just came through that academy. And it, yep. loads of times he was sent out on loans that didn't click. Loads of times he was 
playing and you know everyone was sort of like oh, well he'll never make it but he just worked and it is the perfect thing that every coach can just go look this very building this very academy you can do it if you work the reason yeah. why i then say is also the worst thing that ever happened is because of the fans which i am also one but every single player that comes from our academy now is judged by the yardstick of harry kane Troy Parrott and Dane Scarlett being currently perfect examples because Dane Scarlett didn't set the world on fire at Portsmouth. And even though Troy Parrott's doing all right in Holland, he's not doing what Harry Kane would do. And it's like, but Harry Kane didn't do anything on loan either. No, and (laughs) and it's an an interesting debate because the the Troy Parrott one is is where, you know, it's, it's interesting to me because he's 21. He turns 22, I think, middle of February. So he's nearly 22. Yeah. Harry Kane made his breakthrough season in the Europa League, age twenty-two. You, you know, basically mm. the exact same age as, as Troy is now, yeah. and he was playing against opposition in the Europa League. Who, let's let's face it, were not Champions League level. We're not Premier League no. level, really. They're probably more League One Championship, um, and and that's kind of where that level, the group stage of Europa League, similar to the Conference League, is now is. It generally, yeah, you might end up unluckily drawing a very good side, but normally it's teams that aren't Premier League level. I think that's normally f- you're having a Danny Rosen to find out. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. I, I, I don't like saying stuff like that normally because it's kind of like you're really dissing these teams who, who for them they're like you know really fired up and more often than not cause us loads of grief. But yeah, um, it, it just that's the reality. The reality is they're not really Prem level, which means. When when I see people say like oh Troy and I, I posted this on the Spurs news page on Facebook, Troy Parrott yeah. is having a good season in Holland, uh, sorry the Netherlands. I cannot get used to that. Um, <laughs> mostly because I just want to go never Neverland. Um, he he's having a good season there. He's doing well on loan. He's not playing for one of the top sides. And again, this is like this thing that people get in their head. Like yeah, but it's Holland, isn't it? It's, it's easy, you know, look at the numbers. Oh, yeah, but look at Janssen. Janssen yeah. joined us as their top goal scorer. Oh, you literally read that. Goal. You literally read yeah. that comment, yeah. Oh. So, yeah, I, I mean, like Janssen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so did I. But, um, you know, this is also the league that developed Van Nistelrooy and other strikers. So it's like, yeah. oh, it's crap, and no one who ever does well does well here. Well, that's, that's not true. Um, there are some great examples of where it's worked, and there's some examples where it's not. Pretty much the same with every league in the world. Yep. But with with regards to, you know, with regards to Troy Parrott and his development, he he sort of had this great loan at MK Dons where it started terribly. And then he gave this interview where he was like, he realised it wasn't going well. And he realised it was on him. It was like, I need to work harder. You know, if I want to make a success in my career, I need to be better. And the second part yeah. of that loan, he was phenomenal. And you know, you only got to look at the stats and the and the massive difference that that came about. And so this loan yeah. in the Netherlands basically happened because in preseason, when he was going to get an opportunity to go on the tour and impress Ange, he got injured, couldn't go on the tour. So by the time the squad came back, Ange was kind of like, okay, I've I've, I've got my you know this here. You need game time, you need fitness, and Excelsior Rotterdam came along, and it was like, go play. You're, you're, you, you know, you're starting for them every week. <laughs> go, go play. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's what he's done, and 
I don't think you can ask for a great deal more than what he's doing. He's scoring, he's getting assists, he's playing, you know, if he's available, he's literally playing every minute of every game. Um, you know, he's had a couple of knocks, but nothing serious whilst he's there. He's like missed our game or I think he missed three in total. Odd. But other than yeah. that, he's playing. And, and nice things really like him. Yeah, yeah, and and the fans are like, and you you got to read some of the sort of reviews that he's getting in terms of his work rate. Is you know he's pressing from the front. He's he's doing everything you'd want to see one of our academy players doing out on loan. Um, yeah. And the thing is, like you know, he will come back to the club in the summer. His deal is until uh, summer twenty twenty five. And it is widely reported, although not confirmed, that the club have an option to extend that for a year. Um, so that would be a couple of years left on a deal with us. He's at an age where really, um, if he returns this summer, the decision needs to be made. The decision needs to be made of, okay, you are good enough to be an option for us. or yeah, You're either in the first team squad or, 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 or we're now looking yeah. to sell you, yeah. And what is interesting, and again, and you can't always gauge, this isn't always a, um, you, you can't always look at something and say, oh, because another team's interested, they're, they're great, you know, because horses for courses, some teams play a certain style of football and they'll look at a player and go, he would fit our style. So yep. Troy Parrott, excellent number nine for me. He's a natural finisher, always has been. And for me, he is at an age now where he will come back. And if Ange thinks, yeah, he can work for me in my system, rotating with Richie as my nine, you know, in the middle, I, I'm happy. He's an option. Then I think mm -hmm. that next season we start the season with our options being Richie at nine and Troy backing him up. Now, there's another aspect to this, which I think people need to sort of wrap their heads around as well. When you are building a squad to play in Europe, which we all hope we will be in one of the competitions, the UEFA rules around the squad slightly different to the Premier League. Um, yes. And what you have is not only a homegrown players where you need at least eight in your 25-man squad, four of those homegrown players need to be what is classed as club-trained. And yep, it, must have come through the academy. And, must, yeah. Basically must have been with you for a three-year period between certain dates. Uh, I don't have them written down to hand, but if anyone's really interested in this, drop me a message and I'll, I'll go on a full deep dive with you. This is one of my one of my little nerd things that I keep an eye on. It's something like three years before the age of 20 or something. Yeah, it's, it's, they're, they're set. This is my football manager data coming through yeah yeah but also the rules changed <laughs> not that long ago because mm. it used to be they had to be at the club now yeah. they could have gone out on loan and this is why this ah, is okay. important when it comes to troy because based on everything i've read and, I, and i've asked um the journalist alistair gold to look at this for me because i couldn't get confirmation or find it anywhere and he, he agreed with me like oh actually yeah i think you're right um, so he was going to go away and sort of double check. Um, but Troy Parrott will now be classed as club trained. Now, the reason why that's really oh. important is because when you look at our squad now, outfield players, there's literally one player who qualifies as club trained for our squad, and that's Oliver Skip. Oh. And we need four to be able to name a maximum squad of 25. 
Now, currently, we have two goalkeepers in the first team squad in Whiteman and Austin, who are both club trained academy graduates. Mm -hmm. So that would make up the four. However, Austin's contract expires this summer. I don't. I've not seen any. Not seen anything about perhaps him getting a new deal. Uh, Whiteman did sign an extension until twenty twenty five. So it really. And the the thing about the club train, which is slightly different to homegrown, is the club trained. You literally, if you can't name four club trained players in your twenty five man squad, then the squad reduces to twenty four. Uh, yeah. As in, like, okay, you're just missing one of the slots. And with the homegrown quota, you need to have that eight to be able to have foreign player slots. So if you don't hit that quota, then you not only lose the one from there, but you can't name another foreign player either for every one that you're missing. Yeah. Now, homegrown-wise, in the first-team squad, we should be okay. You know, unless we have a mass clear out, which would be kind of bonkers. Um, isn't um, even Pape Sar is getting close to being. Pape Matasar will, will be classed as homegrown for next season because the other because th- of the age and stuff. Well, yeah. the other thing that people need to realize is you have to be twenty one at the you know at the start of the season to be classed as that. Because if you're under twenty one, you don't have to be named in the squad. So like yep. so for next season, uh, Scarlet, for example, still won't class as club trained in homegrown because he's too young. Um, yeah. Alfie Devine, exactly the same scenario. Dorrington, Phillips, those players won't they they can be part of the first team squad, but they don't need to be named in that twenty five man squad, um, and therefore they don't count towards club trained or or they're just bonus players. In yeah. essence, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so there we go. So it's an interesting one with Troy because. I think he's doing well. I think he's doing everything you can possibly ask him to do whilst on loan, um, and and that's that's all you can ever ask really of any player. Now, the perfect timing for this is because we've just talked about Troy Parrott, and people bug me for this, and I always forget. So I'm going to do it now. Now it's time for the loan update. Um, podcast admin news we need to change our music which is really really annoying Um, so so basically it was free to use music I downloaded it five Uh years ago um, and it was all you know copyright free and some company has bought it and they want to charge us for using it it's like um, no piss off <laughs> so yeah. there you go at some point we're gonna have to change that which is really annoying because i really like this changed it a few times since we started so i know that's not unheard of but it's, it's just annoying to me i was quite happy with this one but the spurs news rebrand yeah yeah, yeah we'll have to yeah, make it make it like techno <laughs> god yeah. yeah um okay so we have uh what can only be considered a bit of a lone army out there um, so let's start with the first team squad players who are out on loan and just talk, take a walk through, because this yep. is a discussion in itself. Um, we will start with the two that are technically loans, but are basically goodbye. And the first one of those is Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer has joined Bayern Munich on a loan. Um, there was a loan fee involved, um, a couple of million. So basically Eric's joined them. Uh, for a couple of million quid 
Eric Dyer has a pre-contract agreement or an option for next year with them. So in essence, he has these six months on loan to impress and earn a deal next year. If they don't yep. give him that deal, then he's a free agent in the summer. He can obviously sign for whoever he wants then. He'll, he'll have options, definitely. Uh, but yeah. he has these six months to try and, you know, prove himself in Germany. Um, he he leaves with a lot of people saying it was overdue. That's possibly true, um, especially with with Angel. Um, I think he was never a player who was going to be able to do to to play this style of football. Um, I think in the Conte system, he looked good for a lot of the time until the injury kicked in. Um, mm-hmm. I think with Jose, he looked good until injuries and illness. You got to remember how ill he was. Um, it really sort of derailed his his season and, and football for him. Um, yeah. And you got to remember when he was first playing under Pochettino, he, he played right back. He played he, as a defensive midfielder. He was a revelation for us. Went went to the World Cup of England as a defensive midfielder. He, he was phenomenal, and people forget that. So um, he left with only best wishes from me as a person, as as a player. Uh, yeah, I, I love Eric Dyer. Yeah, I, I was sad. I was sad to see him go, but like you say, it was the right, the right choice for all parties involved. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, absolutely, it was. And like I said, I, I wish him only the best. Um, he's he's going to go out there and hopefully do really well in Germany. I'd I'd love I'd love him to do well there. I'd love him to play well there. I'd love him to earn the deal and maybe get a little bit more respect back from a few people because enough people yeah. decided to pile on him and have made fun of the move. Even German legend Lofer Matthias made fun of him yesterday, which I think is just appalling. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, basically saying that he can't believe that a player who failed at Tottenham has now been signed by Bayern Munich, which wow. which to put that out there publicly is a pretty shitty thing to do for an ex-pro. Um, opinion but that's what it is um the other person who's left on loan but is basically left is even perisic um he's a player that we signed and i was just wow he's gonna play in a tottenham shirt (laughs) it was kind of like when we signed edgar davids all those years ago i was like i'm gonna see a legend of european football play in our shirt that's amazing to me i'm delighted um as a wing back it didn't work for him in england uh he didn't have the legs anymore for it um, and Conte just insisted that was where he played, and every player, every single person watching was like, "Put him, put him forward." <laughs> just, just yeah, guys, he plays for Croatia yeah, as a striker yeah, or a winger. Yeah. Why are we playing him as a wing back? He's literally yeah. got the ability to put the ball on a on a two pence piece in the box. Just let him do that for Harry, please. We'll score goals. Someone, yeah, someone point this out to to Conte. No, no, okay, fair enough. Um, Ange did that. Ange used him, and it was it was like going really well. Ange just basically brought him off the bench. He'd come in and get an assist within minutes. Yeah, it looked like he was going to have that one season with us where he was going to be playing Ange ball. Great professional, great to have around the club. He was a brilliant example to people, and just a freak horrible injury just destroyed that for us. Um, yeah, I'm gutted. And he's hoping to get some minutes before the end of the season. So he's joined Hajduk on loan uh, with a pre-contract agreement to stay with them for next season. So he will be there until his contract expires. 
Uh, Bayern Munich are picking up all of Eric Dyer's wages, of course. Uh, with regards to Perisic, I believe there is a split uh, because he was getting paid quite a lot. So, in essence, Hadjik are picking up, I think, about 50, probably 50-50 with us. But it's not been confirmed yeah. by anybody. I love the fact that Spurs fans on the official Spurs page, they put a big, like, you know, thank you, Ivan, yeah. post up. And all these people are like, it's only a loan. It seems a bit weird to thank him. It's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, people are thick. Come on, people. <laughs> let's, 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 let's not beat around the Why bush. are we thanking him for going out on loan? No, we're not thanking yeah. him for going out on loan. We're thanking him because his contract's ending. Yes, yeah. his loan takes him to his contract then. And guess what? We're not offering him a new one. <laughs> yeah. Um. The next person we're going to discuss is Jed Spence, uh, the person with the longest name ever I discovered the other day. Yeah, on his second loan of this season. <laughs> Yes, uh, Jed Spence joined Leeds in the summer for a season on loan, which they terminated in quite emphatic fashion in January, basically sending him back as defective, <laughs> saying, this one don't work. The other one you sent us is working fine, but this one doesn't. Can we um, get a refund? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that, that I'm told, uh, multiple people and multiple journalists have said it shocked everyone at Spurs. Like, they didn't know that was coming. Like, sometimes no. you have interactions with clubs and they're like, oh, this loan ain't really working out, etc. But Leeds were just, like, silent and then, yeah, have him back. The thing that makes me laugh the most is that when he came back, all the Leeds fans were like, why the hell have we sent him back? Like, he's just played as an inverted left back and he was really good. Yeah. Why have we sent him back? I, I, because his attitude sucks. Well, that is. It seems to that, be that the appears, main cause. That appears to be the running theme for for yeah. Jed. Um, he has gone off to Genoa as part of our deal to sign Dragushin. Um, he is there on loan. He made his debut as a left wing back. Um, at the weekend in Genoa's two-one win, and apparently acquitted himself quite well. So he, he is off and running in Italy. Um, the next one, which I know is an interesting one for you, is Sergio Regulon. Uh, Regulon went to Manchester United in the summer. It was always injury cover, um, and yeah, their players are coming back, so they sent stuff, him yeah. back to us. Um, we have now moved him on to Brentford on loan till the rest of the season. Uh, yeah. It's pretty clear to everybody that Ange has looked and said, nope, not for me, not a player who's going to work for me. Um, he is now Brentford didn't have a left back similar to Manchester United at the start of the season they've been injury ravaged in that position so it works yes. for all parties he's a player I know you really like so so how are you feeling about this yeah he was a player when we first signed him I remember saying to you I didn't like him when he first signed because he used to yeah. dive into a <laughs> challenge and get skinned too easily and it used to really annoy me and then he really, over the, the COVID season, I think it was, he really just grew on me. Yeah. He seemed to take the club to heart. He's one of those players that seems to really have enjoyed being there. Yeah. And when we signed Ange, I was like, oh, he's going to fit this system amazing. Like, he's quite good going forward. <clears> he's <throat> quick. He's got a good tackle on him. This could be really <laughs> good for there. him. Yeah. And then... And then, yeah, he started actually trying to play Ange ball in pre-season and just, by the sounds of it, just couldn't get to grips. Yeah, the, I he mean... He's a f- out-and-out fullback. Yeah. And he couldn't get to grips with the inverted stuff, which is a shame. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is a shame. I, I think I think you look at him, I don't think there's, a, I don't think there's any sort of bad words to say, really. Seems a good pro, seems yeah. a good, tidy player. 
Um, the, the thing that's funny for me is he's now deemed absolutely surplus. Do you remember in his first season it was revealed Real Madrid had a buyback clause and everyone was freaking out we were going to lose him? Yeah. It's just hilarious, really, how that how that goes around. And now he's at Brentford, bless him. Yeah, yeah good luck to him. Um, we've discussed Troy Parrott, who's technically a first-team loan, but we, we've discussed him. Um, Jaffet Tanganga is now joined Millwall. Um, Jaffet uh, went on loan to a newly promoted German side, Augsburg. Um, yep. The idea was their coach played a, a back three with wing-backs, and Jaffet was going to play on the right side of the back three. He joined, got injured straight away, was injured the whole time this coach was there. They kept getting hammered. The coach got fired. New coach plays a back four, and he's got six central defenders in the squad. Jaff was absolutely surplus, so even though he got back fit, never got one minute, he didn't even make the bench. So the loan was for a season. Um, so Tottenham and Augsburg negotiated that ending early. Um, and Jap came back and has gone straight out on loan to Millwall, and I think he was involved in the squad, I think, on the bench straight away. So, hopefully... Yeah, it was literally the same day. He he came back to us on the 18th yeah. and went back out on the 18th. Yeah. It was straight away. So, yeah. I'm hopeful that he'll get minutes there. Um, I think it's a case of getting minutes and earning himself a move now. Um, I think it's pretty clear that if Ange had any inclination from the summer that, okay, he could be a player for me, just go and get minutes, it, clearly that's not the case. And, and I think, objectively, that's down to on-the-ball ability. I don't think Jaffa has that. Um, he has the ability to go forward. He's a great set-piece offensive weapon. He's a good, solid defender. Will you know head away everything, will put his body on the line. But Ange is looking for guys who are comfortable on the ball as well. You've only got to look at the players he's signed. Dragushin, yeah. very comfortable on the ball. And the Ben, and of course Romero, very comfortable on the ball. I think Tanganga is going to go down the same way as uh, Eric Dyer was. You know, he is a solid defender. Yeah. But just not suited to. No, the high line, etc. So. Um, Which it, surprises me because I thought he would. He's got a bit of pace on him as well. I, I, I think he would do it, but I like you think. I think it's the no, technical. I, I think it's the ability on the ball. I think it's. I think you, the way we play out from the back, you need to be comfortable, or or it's just going to be a mess. Um, yeah. And I think that's where Eric struggled as well, um, but Jaffet definitely. Um, so the next one is Joe Roden. Joe Roden's at Leeds United, and I actually watched him play for Leeds United against Preston at the weekend. Um, oh, didn't he? He's, yeah, he's doing great. Um, it's an interesting one, this, because, again, he's not got a future with the club. Uh, Ange looked and went, nope, not for me. Good, solid defender, not, not an Ange ball player, though. Um, so he is playing to earn a move. Now, Leeds fans love him. Leeds are very impressed with him. Leeds would like to buy him. The interesting thing is is there's going to be a lot of people interested. Um, championship clubs for sure, but teams going from the Championship into the Premier League and even some teams in the Premier League are looking at him and thinking, yeah, that's definitely a defender for us. So Tottenham and Joe himself are kind of sitting back, <laughs> kind of like, okay, Leeds, uh, if you make us a bloody good offer, maybe... But if we wait till the summer, <laughs> I think yeah. there's going to be a bit of a bidding war uh, for, for Mr. Roden. 
um, which is what the club would obviously like. And Joe then would also get them make sure he maybe gets back into the Premier League rather than spend another season in the Championship. So yeah. um, it's an interesting one there. He's playing for a move. Uh, that's that's definitely clear. Um, the last one of the sort of first team guys out on loan is Tangi Undumbello. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. So there's two parts to this that I'm going to discuss. It just makes me laugh that he's still classified as a first team player. Yeah, mostly because of the wage bill. So yeah. So, this week there was a picture of him playing for Galatasaray that went viral, um, yeah. where he looks very overweight. Basically, for for a professional football player, for me, yeah. it looks great. That's beach body for me, but for a professional football player, it's pretty clear he's he's overweight, um, and he's struggling. You see, there's a clip of him really struggling to keep up with the play and stuff. Yeah. And people did a side by side with the image of him when Jose was keeping him fit and stuff in the Tottenham side. And it the, is the breaking COVID rules to go for runs. It yeah. is it is night and day. Like literally, you know, he's there in that white kit, which you know white kit isn't flattering for us larger fellas, I could tell you. <laughs> no. And, and, I do buy the away kit yeah, on purpose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dark blue, yes please. <laughs> um but yeah, I just and you look at him and he's like that he looks fit, lean I was about to say hungry, and that's a bad word to use in this example, isn't it? Um, yeah. <laughs> and then you see probably the, the right one though. <laughs> yeah, and then you see the Galatasaray, and it, it is a really stark, really upsetting. So it's kind of upsetting, yeah, yeah. Like this is a player who quite literally had the world at his feet. Like he had, he has got all the talent, yeah, to be absolute world class. Like. France national team like dictating the play like yeah. he has all the talent that you need yeah but he just appears to have just no passion for it no hunger to yeah. to succeed at the game you know stop saying and hunger. it's such a shame <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah he he the, the, I'm, I'm gonna say we're, we're not we've kind of gone in on him a few times over this and what I'm gonna say is from the outside looking in now looking at that picture looking at anything I would like to think there are people in his life looking after him because I, I I look at that and we've sort of talked about laziness, lack of potential and stuff. It also feels like perhaps there's a bit of a mental health barrier going on. Perhaps there's some unhappiness. Perhaps there's something there because it's difficult. None of us know. None of us have a clue and none of us will ever know truly what's going on in each other's minds and what's going on in each other's lives. Um, but there's part of me that sort of looked at that this week and I was kind of like, oh my God. And then I just thought, I hope he's okay. And that's that's yeah. kind of, like on a human level, we can talk about the football inside of how disappointed we are, like, you know, the loss of potential, the amount we paid for him and paid him. You know, there's a lot of footballing stuff we can focus on and be quite right. But just as a person, I, I hope he's okay. Because, you know, I... It, Perhaps, perhaps he struggled. None of us know. Don't have a clue. But that's that's all I want to kind of wrap that up on. I hope he's okay. Um, yeah. So with the academy, we also have a few players out on loan. Uh, uh, young Matthew Craig is out on loan at Doncaster. Keep an eye out for him. Uh, sort of a strong midfielder. Hoping he's going to get minutes there. Josh Keeley, goalkeeper, is well known at Barnet and gone straight into their team. Straight as their first choice nice. keeper. Um, a lot of people. It's really funny actually. He's like Barney. Not you. Not even gone to a league team. He can't be that good. You. 
when it comes to goalkeepers, people really struggle to get this concept of they need game time, first team level. You you don't like they're in a championship team who goes, do you know what? Let's uh let's get some lone kid in from someone in goal because that's not an important, you know. <laughs> it's like no. it's like one of the key positions you have and you have to plan it. And you look at it like I I remember someone pointing out to me, it's like, Oh, I've seen Premier League teams loan goalkeepers. I'm like, Yeah, it's not their first loan. <laughs> their first loan would have been to some weird and random team and Stockport then, ev- County and then something, everyone yeah. and then everyone scouts them and they go, Oh yeah, he could do it <laughs> because yeah. goalkeeping at academy level is different than first team level. But anyway, he's gone there and he's doing well. Um he's getting games, which is what we desperately need. Um, Alfie, the lower down you are, the more shots you're going to face, that's for sure. You, yeah, yeah, the man knows. Um, now, we have two players on loan at Plymouth now. Uh, we have Young Phillips, the central defender, and Alfie Devine has joined him there. Now, Devine was on loan at Port Vale in League One, had a phenomenal loan, and then we had this opportunity to bump him up to the championship for the rest of the season to see how we get on at a higher level. He made his debut at the weekend and got an assist within 12 minutes. <laughs> That's not bad, then, is it? I think we can all say he has stepped up. <laughs> yeah, me and you had this conversation, I think it was over WhatsApp, wasn't it, about the risk involved of taking someone who's doing yeah. very well in League One. Yeah, lots of games. Yeah, Lots of games. I'm throwing him in at the Championship. That could go one or two ways. That could either go yeah. come off the bench and get an assist in twelve minutes. Yep. Or come off the bench, be really unaffected, and then the next game a bit less time off the bench. And yep. then the next game a bit less time off the bench, and then the next game you're not coming off the bench. Yeah. Um luckily, Alfie is a very, very talented young man. He is. And very has come off the bench and done well. well. Yeah, um, so fingers crossed for him that loan spell is gonna go really well. One of the reasons I felt because you were right in what you said, there is a concern there. But one of the reasons I felt good about him bumping the Plymouth is the Plymouth coach was his England under 19s coach or yes. under 18s. Um, and so both Phillips and Devine have worked with him previously and he wanted them. So Phillips, by the way, um, was man of the match on his debut, player of the match, I should say. I need to change that vocabulary he was player of the match on his debut somewhere joey barton's head's exploding now i've just corrected myself um and then he was again second game absolute rave reviews again um yeah so that the loan for both of them has started brilliantly at plymouth and long may that continue uh so everybody that was the loan update i aim to do that once a month you all know I'm going to forget, so pester the life out of me like so many of you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know what? Whenever I do that, I always feel like I've missed someone. But I, I um, think I'm okay. I, I, think I was going to say, oh, you haven't done Dane Scarlet. But then I realised that, no, no, he's, he's come yeah, back he's to back. us. He's, he's back. He's back with us now. He's backed and done his hamstring within a week of being back because that's what Tottenham squad members do nowadays. Um, hamstring does seem to be a recurring theme at Ground, well, yeah. anyone who's interested in this, there is a fantastic article in The Athletic, which I know you got to pay for, but there's a way around the paywall if you just JavaScript. Anyway, um, you... you <laughs> that's me in trouble. <laughs> Deactivate JavaScript. Oh, look, I'm reading the article. So um, there's a great <laughs> article in The Athletic, 
And it's all about uh, Ange Postacoglu's training methods and the playing style with the number of sprints impressing and how he always has, in his first season, a high number of muscle injuries and hamstring injuries. And oh. it is a high number which then corrects itself uh, because the players adjust, the sports scientists and everyone involved. This is the style of play. This is how they train. It's high intensity all the time. And therefore, your you know your bodies get used to it, and also everyone kind of adjusts, and so or they don't, and he sells them, and you bring in someone who can. <laughs> so yeah, so poor old um, Scarlett has yeah. been away at Portsmouth, yeah. training away at Portsmouth. Yeah, come back, done like three training sessions and one cameo off the bench, yeah. and gone. And, and, oh my and, god, hamstring. <laughs> what the fuck is this, man? Yeah, yeah. Uh, in essence, yeah. Um, so. <laughs> It's, it's a good article as well, worth a read. Um, but the the one major positive is apparently in season two the the level of injuries sort of go away. But it should also be stated that in every club he's ever been at, this has happened, but not to the extent we've seen it at Spurs. And no. it's really funny because I saw someone comment going, "Is it a surprise that a high number of these players in this squad have worked with?" you know, Conte and Jose and their training methods were what, and basically played a style of football that was walking for three years. Well, and yeah. suddenly they've got a sprint everywhere and press everywhere and they're struggling. <laughs> and I was yeah, kind of like, yeah, we've right. gone from defensive football. Yeah. Don't leave your own half to yeah. press. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. We don't stop. And it's the yeah. mantra that, that he has. We don't stop. That is the, it seems to be the thing that he's really still trying to drive into people, and you can see it. You know, it, one of my favorite things I know someone who's got a season ticket near, like up behind the bench, and he's like, You yep. hear him, like, you, you hear him still saying it, <laughs> like, on a regular yep. basis. Like, he is still drilling this into the team, like, you know, coming at the halftime and they start knocking the ball around aimlessly, just running down the clock, and he's on them. <laughs> Straight so, away, like what you're doing, press yeah, forward, go. Yeah, yeah we are. You know, the, the game's on. We're trying to score a goal. Get the fucking go for it. Yeah. Um. So a couple of things as well to sort of touch on that alone. The thing is, one of the we are in for a player, a Norwegian player, 18 years old. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. I want to say Nusa. N-U-S. I think it's Nusa. Yeah. Um, Nusa. Um. He's a player who can play anywhere across the front three. He's similar to to Werner in that respect. Um, he's 18, Norwegian, part of this sort of young Norwegian group that's coming through along with Haaland, who are very highly rated. Uh, he's currently playing for Club Bruges in Belgium. Um, mm-hmm. He's been identified by the scouting team as very much for Ange Ball. Um, Ange really likes him. Um, but the deal we're trying to do, because we're trying to steal a march on a lot of other people. So Chelsea tried to sign him in the summer, um, but didn't hit the the fee that Club Bruges wanted. Um, The player wants to play in the Premier League. Uh, Man United, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea, as we just said, are all interested, are all kind of circling. What we are trying to do is do a deal now and loan him back. So basically give the fee, you know, that Club Bruges want and they get to keep him until the end of the season. Similar to what we did with Papa Matasar, similar to what we did with Udogi. Um, And it has worked really well for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to what we did with Deli Alley, of course, in a, in, a previous, Deli, yeah. in a previous incarnation. So 
That and is the deal. If we get the player, we get to keep an eye on the player, and yeah. he's still playing football till the end of the season. Yeah, and being a team, yeah. that's kind of the important thing. So yeah. that's one to keep an eye on. There doesn't appear to be a lot else going on in that regard, but of course that doesn't mean a lot. Tottenham have got a lot better at keeping their business in-house now. Um, under Conte, under Jose, basically everything leaked all the time. And I swear it was them. I swear, yeah. I swear it was those two, because I swear they were trying to put pressure on deals being done. They saw journalists and just started mm. talking to themselves out loud, yeah, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I swear it was them. But anyway, we'll never know that. But um, the club have got a lot better. The Timo Werner deal basically came out of nowhere. Like, no one was even talking about that. I think the day it broke, um, I got a message from someone who, who I rely on quite heavily, and he just said, if... Uh, like I think I've misheard. <laughs> he was like, "Yeah, like the club are on the verge of signing Timo Werner," and I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." He's like, "No, it can't be right though. I must. I'm, it must be someone else. I must have got it wrong." And then later that day, the news broke in Germany, and then journalists here confirmed it. And the next day, he was on the plane, and yeah. that that's kind of where Tottenham want it to be now. Like, not so people aren't so quick. They, they kind of learned their lesson from trying to sign that guy that went to Liverpool. Which is, it was all out there in the public domain we were negotiating yeah. and Liverpool just walked in and went, wallop, there's the money, and off he goes. It's happened to us a few Diaz, times, has yeah. it? Diaz, so, so yeah. they're trying to be better. The Dragushin deal, of course, his agent's a gobby git. So yeah. we were close, we were working on that deal and then his agent just opened his trap trying to get him another deal to go to Germany. However, yeah, the player... Oh, Munich want me! Yeah, Bayern however, the player turned that down, um, which is kind of a kind of a madness. But thank you. Um, yeah, the that other thing is one of those things that blows my mind. Yeah, that's a player that was like over his agent. No, no, no. Yeah. This team has shown interest. This team yeah. have been after me for a while. Yeah, I've said I'll go to them. I'm going to them. Yeah, I, like, and I'm, oh. I want to play in England more than I want to play in Germany. I mean, I don't yeah. blame him for that. I mean, what sort of idiot would give up playing in England at Tottenham Hotspur to go to Germany? Ugh. Anyway, um. <laughs> <clears throat> The, so, so for incomings, really, that's that's it. That's the only thing that's kind of out there at the moment. Uh, for outgoings, it's interesting because there's a few players that we were trying to move on, which hasn't. But the one yep. bid we've had confirmed is a bid for Emerson Royale. Uh, Saudi, yeah, that came out of nowhere. The Saudi club that Cristiano Ronaldo plays for, and I'm not even going to try and pronounce it, so don't even expect me to. Um, they made a bid of around £20 million for Emerson Royale. It was rejected instantly. Like the club were just like, no, nope, not for sale, go away. Um, yeah. Now, what is interesting to me, and you can read into this any way you want, is they are coming back with a second offer. Now, I know the way transfers work. We all, None of us are naive enough to think that clubs don't contact the agent of a player and go, hey, look, if we made an offer, would your player be interested? Because... You don't want to make a bid to like what? How embarrassing is it? Like to agree a fee with a club, turn around to the player and go, "Hey!" and they go, "Kev, fuck, I ain't joining you." And then, yeah, that's, all, that's then not a good in PR, the public like, domain, you've like agreed this massive fee for this player, and then he's laughed in your face. Yeah, so not a good look. someone in Emerson Royal's camp has clearly said, "Yeah, we'd we'd have a look at an offer. Yeah, if you agree a fee with Tottenham, we'll have a look." Yeah, and. Whether that's because all the rumor is, is that Emerson Royale is very happy. His yep. partner's just had a baby, very settled, loves his role at Tottenham, feels he will get plenty of minutes under Ange. Um, 
likes competing with Pedro Porro, likes the fact that he was trusted to come in and provide cover in every position. Um, he he is he is very happy. Now the bid that came in, like I said, was twenty, and we're now expecting him to come back. When it comes to the Saudis, you never have a clue what's going to get. Like, if this was another team in Europe, you'd expect the next bid to be like twenty two point five or twenty five. But then I remember yeah. in the summer reading about that bid for that player at Wolves, where they offered fifteen million, and then forty. Yeah, <laughs> and it was like what the fuck. So. Yeah. I don't know if there's a figure where all of a sudden Daniel Levy goes, hello, <laughs> or or someone at Tottenham just like listens to it that little bit more and goes, interesting, Let's, yeah, let, 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 we'll get back to you. <laughs> goes up to Ange. Now, I know you love this guy, but yeah, yeah. we love so, these figures more. Yeah, you know how you like this guy a lot. How about we get you someone else? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting. Now, it's a debate that we got really into in the Spurs news. Um, Can we just... Me, you, and Polynesian Dan. <clears throat> uh, because Dan is... Look, let's, let's not beat around the bush. Emerson Royale is not, or has not been, one of our best players by any, any stretch of the imagination. He has also never hit the level that Pedro Porro has this season. But for for me, and this is a personal thing, and everyone will have different opinions because Dan certainly does. But for me, I don't feel like he's let us down. I, I feel no. like he's played in central defence. He's played at left back. He's played at right back. And every time I've watched him, yeah, he's he's not perfect. Yeah, guess what? He's not as good a central defender as Mickey Van de Ven. Are you shocked at that? No. Is he no. as good a central defender as QT Romero? No, of course not. But he has stepped in and done a job. I mean, we played three or something games with Emerson Royale and Ben Davies as our central defenders. And yep. they did okay. Like, I, I, Dan Dan pointed out, he's like, oh, well, we were conceding on average two goals a game. I was like, well, we just played Man United with our best back four and conceded two goals. I, yeah. You know, I don't... I don't see anyone screaming that they need to suddenly be sold. So, um, look, if it's an amazing, like, uh, let's, let's just say something stupid. Let's say they stick 40, 45 million down on the table and say, we want him. And they're willing to pay him a stupid amount of money that makes him go, oh, hello. <laughs> Hang on a yeah. minute. I'm 25. I could retire in three years, you know? Yeah. Um, then all of a sudden, I think the whole game changes. I think everything in that will change because I think the club would look at that and go, we could sign probably a player homegrown in that position for that money that helps us balance the squad and also would be at the same level or possibly younger and a little bit better for Angeball. Do you see what I mean? It's like you would look at that money and think, okay, that, that really opens us up options. There's a second Carl Walker Peters is suddenly banging on the door going, I'll back. <laughs> I, I've given up on that. I've given up on the, the return of Walker Peters. That is one of my FIFA slash football manager fantasies. That is every time I play, resign <laughs> KWP. Well, always resign. That, that'd fix a club train <laughs> slot, of course. Um, it would. Bring back Marcus Edwards as well, and we're laughing. Oh, but no, yeah. he. Um, what, I tell you what, mate, the funniest tweet I saw yesterday was, except the bid, we're bound to have an Emerson Royale Peters in the academy. I thought that crap, yes. <laughs> That was brilliant. I was like, well done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's that's niche. Only a few people are going to fully get yeah. that. But whoever does, that's that's perfect. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, so it's an interesting one. It's an interesting debate. I think everyone has their personal opinions on players and their performance. I think everybody can look at games and see things completely differently. It's part of the reason why we all love football. Um, but on this particular subject, on this particular thing in regards to Emerson Royale this season and his performance, Polynesian Dan's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Because I've got the microphone and he doesn't. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I do. I, I think Royale has done very well. Okay, he had a shaky couple of first seasons. Yeah. Um, we all made the joke, you know, Emerson Royale is where attacks go to die. Yeah. <laughs> um, but as a defender, he's a very good defender. Yeah. Yeah. His last, yeah. his last, last ditch tackles, his one v one and stuff like that. I would say, as a defender, as an out and out defender, he is yeah. better than Poro. Ooh, but, ooh, no, however, I don't agree there. <laughs> what Poro does is Poro yeah. has a lot more to his game. He's got a lot more passing range. Yeah, he's got a lot more tactical going in attack than what Royale has. Like, like I said, it is you. You can all look at players, look at performances, and look at the exact same thing, and have completely different opinions. Oh yeah, me and you watch Tottenham and message each other on a regular basis, and we. When we agree, it's like, hey, <laughs> that's good. <Yeah. laughs> because 90% of the time, it's like, oh, my God, do you believe he did that? And you're like, yeah, but he did this. Like, we see it just slightly differently. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah. Brennan Johnson, unfortunately, is becoming more of an agreeable subject. Yeah. But... See, see again, and, and, I, and I address this on a podcast, but I will say it again because I'm still getting messages where people go, you were right, you shit. And I'm like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not that's what, not what I, I was getting at. That was yeah. not what I said. All I, all I said was, I wasn't excited by his signing like so many were, because all I've ever seen is a player that's sort of, oh, that's good. Oh, yeah, but then he doesn't do anything for 90 minutes. Like, oh, that touch was amazing, but then there's no end product. And, like, there's a couple of flashes in a Tottenham shirt I've seen where I'm like, oh, yes, like, a uh, control of the ball, a whipped-in cross. Like, a few times I've looked and gone, there's the player that they, everyone else keeps telling me about. But when it's few and far between, that was where my worry was. When you spend that amount of money, you're kind of wanting a player to come in. But everything out of the club to journalists is we were expecting him to be off the bench this season. We were expecting him to be bit part. He's out to play a lot more, start a lot more than we anticipated. We believe in him. We think the reason why we spent the money we did is because we think we got a player for the next 10 years who's going to be phenomenal. Um, so... Yeah. I think with him, it is purely confidence. Purely, I think he is a little bit overwhelmed. He's walking out at the Tottenham Stadium every week. Yeah. And he is looking around and he's going, Jesus Christ. But don't you think that's worrying? Like, we've signed... Yeah. Like, because when you, when you scout a player and you look at all these things and everything, and one of the factors that has to be factored in is, you know, how are they going to cope? You know, and he's yeah. you know, a professional footballer. You know, because a lot of he people plays just, for Wales. He plays internationally. Yeah, exactly. For Wales. He's, he's an know? international and stuff. So I don't know if he feels overruled by the state. I, I think that it's a move. You know, he's grown up, lived in Nottingham his life. He's moved to London. You know, there's going to be a lot going on. He seems like a nice, sort of quiet individual, family orientated. So he it's, his it's, mama house and everything. Yeah, it? it's yeah, bang. It's bound to be. A big, big shift, and there is going to be an element of adjustment. Um, but there is, there is kind of the 
the the factors involved of we have had to rely on him possibly a little bit more than the intention uh due yep. to the injuries we've had so so look we're we're, we're going to see we're going to see where it goes um but like like I just want to keep stressing I never said I thought he was going to be shit I just said I wasn't excited you know there are certain players we signed Mickey van der Ven I was over the moon like I, I, it was a player I didn't know about until we were linked to him, and then I did all like looked at him, looked at all the stuff, and I was like, "Oh, he's going to be great for us." Yeah. So when we signed, yeah, and don't get me wrong, I've been excited for signings in the past. Tanky Undumbele, I wanted oh, him for my... two seasons. I yeah. thought he was the Dembele. He was going to step into the Pochettino system and just take over that role and dominate. And I was convinced. You could not have told me anything, and that could have not gone. Any worse, <laughs> any worse, yeah. Like you could not have written, like, if someone had put down how this would go to me at the time, I'd have gone, Well, that would never happen, <laughs> like yeah. that. Well, that's ridiculous. What are the odds of that? What you're telling me, he leaves training and goes to McDonald's every no, don't be stupid. Look at him, he's a machine. Ah, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, right, but it it's, is, it's, yeah, you know how, um, on this podcast, I always say. Sorry, everyone, the comments. I'm going to do it at the start because otherwise I get to the end and I've answered all the questions. Yeah, let's go to the fan question. <laughs> now it's time for your comments from our social media. Oh, i got to get better at this. Mate, I feel like I just had a promotion. I just introduced the fan comment section. Yeah, you, you can do it every week. <laughs> Sam, would you like to go to Facebook or to Instagram first? That's a great shout, my friend. I'm going to start on Facebook. Um, Michael, I haven't got the comments for those. Can you do no, Instagram? No. no. <laughs> um, I've got that one. <laughs> so, so Facebook, uh, we have a question from Tom Perks. Yep. And the reason why I wanted to start with this is because literally I've just said, you know, I leave these to the end. No, no. Hi guys, if Al Nasir want Emerson Royale, how much do you think we could get? Should we let him go, bearing in mind his versatility shown across the whole back line? We've literally just discussed that, Tom. I'm really sorry. <laughs> uh, but but how, Tom, how much? But Tom, I Tom has a second question. So what, what figure would make you raise your eyebrows for Emerson Royale and go, pat your bags, kid? <laughs> I, I reckon about 30 plus. Really? So you're actually quite close to where they are then. You're and yeah, you're willing. I mean, you, you, you look at You think we could replace him for thirty million? Uh, I I think we could possibly find a decent bench option. Yeah. For 30, 30 million. That's my worry. This is what I was saying to, to Dan in the, the group chat. Yeah. My worry is right now Emerson Royale can cover right back and left back if needed. Yeah. Centre back if desperate, but we've now signed Radu, so you know that should be fine. It should be <clears> right back or left back. The problem with us selling him now is that we are what a week away from that transfer window closing, yeah, and we would need to get a suitable replacement in. Yeah, I, I think you've got to be looking at a minimum of 30 million to replace him, so that's the kind of figure we need to be looking at. Yeah, I, I just don't see. I just don't see it myself. I think it would have I mean, to be. I think it would have to be stupid money to the point that you could go to Ange and go, "Look, we gotta take this," and Ange'd go, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> I'll, um, yeah. you know, I spent the whole season putting rang pegs in square holes. Screw it, let's do it. Let's go again. I mean, and what? Basically, Bayern then Munich are trying to buy Trippier for twelve to fifteen. 
So if we if we and were I'm to sell right. him, so let's say they offered us forty million, right? And everyone went, Yeah, yep. you've got to sell for forty million. Emerson Wales like, no, I don't want to go. How much are you gonna give me a week? Yeah, okay, I'm off. Layers, yeah. love love you all, bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're tripling my weight? Yeah, I'll go yeah. on then. Yeah. yeah. Uh, sorry, this is per minute. <laughs> um yeah. so so he, he leaves, um he goes out there and we take that money. We we can't replace him in this window with someone we, we want to replace him with. At that point, I think everyone then needs to sort of pray to all their gods for Pedro Porro's health and longevity. Yeah, um, he picks up a because a you just know or something. Oh, mate, you know that the minute Emerson Royale signs somewhere else, Porro's just gonna like walk into training, yeah. trip over a black cat that runs in front of him, fall through a mirror. <laughs> you know, just like yeah. that's how it goes. Um, but anyway, so uh, Tom asks a second question. He says, a second one from me to give you something other than transfers to talk about. How yeah. much match day revenue do we make and how does it compare to other clubs in the Premier League? Oh, this was a thing a little while ago, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. Um, it's disgusting amounts of money. It's beautiful, <laughs> beautiful <laughs> amounts of money. Just, yeah. just, just channeling my inner Daniel Levy. <laughs> Keep yeah. spending, my little minions. <laughs> um, I I like the idea that he sits there in an office, looking down at all the concourse, just watching people spending money, going, "Yes, yeah." Oh no, see, I, keep I've spending. Got him, I've got him visualised sat at a computer or sat at a laptop in a really yeah. nice office, and on that laptop is a live like stream <laughs> of how much money each of the booths has taken. <laughs> And he's just sat there going, <laughs> cha-ching, cha-ching, yeah. Um, oh, someone just brought three beers. So, <laughs> let me just say, Tom, this is a great question because it kind of opens this lovely thing we can talk about, which is I have been critical. I think everyone has been critical of Daniel Levy at different times. And one of the things I think most people can say is he's holds this up on transfers he's done this he's done this just focus on the business side daniel because that's what you're good at and i think all of us can say with hand on heart certainty now that that's been proven true because he saw the rules that were brought in for ffp he understood them and he knew exactly what tottenham would need to do to be competitive once these rules started to be enforced and we are now the only club in the Premier League, as of today, as we are recording this, who have made actual signings in this window because 90% of the league are struggling to balance their FFP books. And yep. people are scared because the league are finally handing out punishments. Just Everton, 10-point uh, deduction. Yeah. Everton and another now, one. Potentially another one, Nottingham Forest, is also yeah. facing it. And right. there are other teams in the league who are being we, restricted. We don't um, talk about Manchester City's 112 breaches or whatever it is, no. No, that, but, that's, that's a whole other podcast <laughs> because I'm concerned that they're just going to get a rap on the knuckles because people can't prove it. Yeah. But the Newcastle thing's hilarious. Newcastle have got owners who could basically buy and sell the entire planet but they can't spend because of the restrictions of the income levels of the club. So yeah. you can only go X amount above the operating budget of the club. Now, Man City are accused of getting around that by doing certain things. And because they're under investigation for doing those certain things, other clubs who have got the funding, like Man City, are now hesitant to 
replicate what they did and are yeah. kind of sitting back and waiting. That's where Newcastle are in this boat. And I saw this big thing like, oh, it's so unfair. This These rules are just ring-fencing it for the big clubs because how are the little clubs supposed to supposed to compete? Well, they're supposed to abide by the frigging rules. Yeah. Tottenham have abided by the rules and are now doing what they're doing and are able to move forward. And a big part of that is the stadium. A big part of that is all of the revenue streams that have been linked to the stadium. We've got Formula One goat uh, go kart track there. At launches got... on Thursday. Yeah, we. Yeah, I know. I've had the email as well. <laughs> I've I've got to say, as much as we all took the piss out of the yeah, we got yeah. a go kart track. Yeah. It looks freaking awesome. <laughs> it does. I, I, I know. It does look so good. <clears throat> We've got the freaking like, oh. skywalk. We got yeah uh, all these stupid things that when we lose and they try and promote to me, piss me off. Uh, you know, every Sam. time we lose, I get an email about the yeah. skywalk, and I'm like, "Are you trying? You're trying to get me to jump? <laughs> like, you know, like we could get spanked by Man City in the FA Cup, which would break my heart because I love the FA Cup. But yeah. we could get absolutely spanked this weekend, and I guarantee you, Monday morning I'll get an email like, "Hey, Beyonce's playing here. Come on!" And I'll I'd lose my mind. But yeah. um, yeah, so. All of that stuff, the boxing, the the all of the stuff the stadium's hosted, all income that comes into the club, Tottenham Hotspur, and all of that adds up to the revenue of the club, which means we can spend more. We can do a higher percentage of our wage bill and stuff like that. Yeah. So our actual match day revenue was only second to Manchester United um, in the last set of accounts that were done, but it is widely expected that we will be number one when the next set are published. Um, it's an insane amount. You're looking at every home game in excess of one to two million plus. Um, and you add the events that we're having. So um, the Beyonce shows, I think, netted yeah. around five to six million to the club. Um, the boxing event that we had was about three million. Um, it, it is insane. It is yeah. absolutely insane. I feel like um, the match day stuff, we do have to thank Sonny for a little bit. <laughs> don't you have no idea of the racism claims that we had thrown at us when we talked about that before oh really yeah we had nearly 300 emails of people saying that we were berating korean fans for being tourist fans and stuff like that i even had a korean journalist ask me for comment on it so let's just leave that <laughs> i was gonna say i'm the opposite i welcome them all over hey, it's brilliant. You, you you and me both you and me both, I've got no problem with anybody coming to that stadium paying their money to watch Tottenham play. Um, if if there isn't enough of us to create an atmosphere, that's on us. Yeah. <laughs> it's 60-odd thousand-seater stadium, and I want it sold out every single home game. Yeah. So i got no problem with anyone being there. But, yeah, it is, it's a real frigging hot-button topic. Fair um, enough. Yeah, it's, it, it, it would Skip. appear. It, well, it would appear that there are certain factions of perhaps our fan base who were a bit vocal about it, and therefore we got kind of tied to them by just talking about it. But yeah, just to be abundantly clear, no problems. Very happy. Yeah. So, um, Tom, I hope that answers the question. Now, there's a great if you're on um, Twitter, I refuse to call it whatever that dickhead calls it now. Um, there's an account on there called Swiss Ramble. If you look him up. He does breakdowns for accounts and financial information for football. Um, give Ooh. that account a follow because the minute that information is released, he'll do a breakdown and show it. Um, it'll be in the next few weeks. Nice. 
Uh, Michael Jasperanis asks if you could transfer one player fantasy football style, who would you think would fit Ange and improve the team? So anybody. Uh, Tango and Dombele to anyone else and you have benefited <laughs> our team. Is that uh, what you, he means? You no, know, he's referencing <laughs> an incoming, a player oh, coming incoming. into our team. Um, oh, I hate to be the one to say Don't, it. no, I'll slap the shit out of you if you say Harry Kane. No, oh God, no. Good, okay, fine. No, he's retired, <laughs> we don't need him back. Good, good. Um, Go on. Conor Gallagher, I know we keep getting linked to him. <clears throat> yeah. But he is a player that I really think would fit the bill. Okay. Um, um, you know, failing that, Haaland. Yeah. <laughs> if we're doing fantasy football where it's nuts, then Haaland's who I pick. And the he would amount, actually fit quite well because he's a the high chances, press. And, yeah. The chances we create a Haaland or a, that other bloke I mentioned would be barreling 30 to 40 a season yeah. for us. Like, just like Haaland did for Man City, just because the amount of chances. But you know Haaland... another player I would love to see play for us? It would never happen. De Bruyne? De... No, Jack Grealish. Oh, no. no I, I, I've moved on. <laughs> He's moved yeah. on. I've moved on. Everyone's happier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just... Yeah, no. Or Bernardo no. Silva. Yeah, basically most of Man City is who I transfer in. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the final question comes from the Johnny Stark uh, on uh, Instagram, and he says, is Oliver Skip proving his doubters wrong? Will he have a long-term spot in Angie's system? Um, oh, skippy, skippy, skippy. Um, I think, unfortunately, he's never going to prove the doubters wrong. Because they have stuck to him like they did to Harry Winks. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I think he had a great. He's. I think he's had a great couple of games. The last few games I've seen him play. Yep. Uh, he's come on and done really well in those games where he started and done really well. Agreed. Uh, long term, I think he's got to be a part of it for for multiple reasons. <laughs> Not yep. only does the homegrown and the clubgrown sort of thing help, yeah, um, but I think he's a good player, and I think he's a player who will work really hard. And if he's the sort of person to me that if Andrew turned around and went right, I'm going to make you a number ten, he would go into training and work his ass off every day, yeah, to try to become that player for Ange. You know, he's that. He seems like he's that sort of player. Yeah. Um, and I think he's a player who can learn and improve, and I think he will still be around for quite a while to come. I hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's it, it, no secret as a player I like, a player I follow through the academy, and a player I actually really rate. Um, I, I've also said I'll, I'll hold my hands up and say I'm not very objective because of, uh, you know, I, I've followed him for such a long time. It's difficult for me to then look at it and go, oh, he was shite today because I, I perhaps will see it a little bit through rose tinted glasses um but yeah for, for me i think he's done well recently is definitely but but like you unfortunately I, I, it's not so much doubters I, I feel it's now haters i think that's the right term i think we have a certain section of fan base and i think every club does especially with advent of social media and online presence um you only got to look at the fact that brennan johnson's now disabled comments on his social media because of the amount of abuse uh. he was getting from tottenham fans um yeah and you, I hate you, that. you got to look at Oliver Skip now from the point of view of 
he he has just taken over the mantle of Harry Winks, which is he's just going to get dog abuse for us for no reason, really. Um, you've got a player who's dedicated to the club. He's one of our own. And for whatever reason, people have just decided he's not good enough. And the problem is this is a narrative that then grows because um, I've got a nephew and my nephew said to me, oh, he's no good. He only ever passes the ball backwards. I said, how many games have you watched this season? Oh, none. Uh, it's, it's a narrative. It, it yeah. becomes, people hear it enough, it becomes fact. It's, it's hilarious because it's actually a proven technique for right-wing activists, stuff like that. If you say something that's wrong enough times, people will start to believe it because they hear it all the time. Yep. And that's that's actually a way round of, you know, you look at Trumpism and stuff like that. That's how that works. You say the lie enough, people become convinced it must be true. And so enough people have just picked up on this narrative and just regurgitate it that now young kids, who, you know, my, my nephew's quite young. He's a Tottenham fan. But when you, you know, when you're quite young, you want to have the adult conversation, don't you? Like your uncle or whatever. Oh, yeah, what do you think of so-and-so? And yeah, that's it. Because that's the narrative that all he's read is that he's not watched. No, he's already, he's already seen a game all season. Certainly not one live. Because no, he's, he he's little. He doesn't. He doesn't control the TV in his house. <laughs> so, so. No. But he's, that's what he's read, and that's what he's heard from other people. So that must be true. So yeah, it's horrible, it's, it, it? it's it's horseshit. Yeah. So I corrected him. Told him he ain't getting any pocket money from his dad anymore as well. He's he's still crying, but everything will be alright. <laughs> uh, but that is the show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. The next game for Tottenham Hotspur is, of course, on Friday. Is against Manchester City in the FA Cup fourth round. Um, I have prayed to all of my gods that we somehow get a victory. Um, if we beat them one nil, by the way, I, I will just cry laughing. Um, Richarlison Man- with the only goal of the game. Because Man City failed to score at our stadium again, I genuinely think Pep might have an aneurysm. It seems to be eating at him. Um, unfortunately, Man City appeared to have got back in, in gear as well. <laughs> you know, They were like faltering all over the place. I was like, oh, maybe. And then I watched them the other day and I was like, ah, shit. Kevin De Bruyne's back. Harvard yeah. was back in training yesterday. They've, so, they've, ah. they've, they've, they've resumed natural. We are the machine that just keeps winning mode. Yeah, don't um, forget, you've so, got to put a fiver on Jack Grealish to score or assist because he does every time he plays against us. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's still pretty angry about that move, I think. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so thank you to everybody for listening. I hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back next week. The show is going to be on Tuesdays from this point on. Um, it, we always did it on Thursdays because back in the day, you'd have Champions League Wednesday nights, um, so it made sense, but obviously we're not there. Um, so we're going to do it Tuesday because a lot of other shows do their shows straight after games, and then by the time it gets to Thursday, everyone's bored. So, yeah, <laughs> so we're going to do it Tuesday from now on. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Stay up to date with all things Tottenham. Follow us on social media. All links are in the podcast description.